Today on this episode of the Talent Cast, uh, we talk about how to sell a hundred dollar bill for twenty bucks. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, there you go. So this is the Talent Cast. I'm your host James Ellis. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, issues, uh, want to quibble about the menu or the bill, uh, you should reach out to me on Twitter at the War for Talent. That's right, the War for Talent, or just go to thetalentcast.com. That is a website. It has contact information. You can bug me if you would like uh, questions answered, or you want me to talk about something on the show, uh, or you want to pick a fight. I'm all for that. If you'd like to suggest people I talk to an interview, we've got some one planned already, but I'm looking to line up more. Um, just let me know. Reach out and talk to me. Otherwise, um, I hope we have a great show. Here we go. One, two, three. Kick it. So what I want you to do is reach in your pocket, and I'm just going to make some, some very vague assumptions that you've got, let's just say, a $100 bill in your pocket, right? Okay, it's a $100 bill. Crisp, brand new, clean, ready to be spent on whatever wonderfulness that you have in mind. And I want you to go outside. I want you to go outside your office. Maybe not so much your house. I want you to go outside your office. Maybe you've got uh, an office park. Maybe you've got a parking lot. Maybe you've got a cafeteria. No, no, not a cafeteria. Let's go to your competitor's cafeteria or the next door office cafeteria. Go someplace where they don't know you so well. And I want you to take that $100 bill and I want you to hold it over your head. And I want you to say, I need to sell this $100 bill for $20. And I want you to see how many people come running. I want you to go up to individuals. I want you to walk up to people you've never met, strangers on the street, people at other companies, people doing other things, walk up and say, I got a $100 bill. I'd like to sell it to you for 20 bucks." Now, this is, without question, the greatest deal that ever was, right? This is the greatest deal that ever was. I'm going to give you 20. You're going to give me 100. In many cases, this should be illegal. It's too good. It's too good. It's too good, which is why everyone will run away from you and look at you funny if not much much worse it's just it's not there's nothing wrong with you it's just that no one came into this particular space to do a financial transaction no one walked into that parking lot ready to tra- trade money no one came to the cafeteria with the mind of looking for a financial deal nobody nobody and that's what you're offering and consequently not only Are people running away? You're left with exactly what you started with. You've used up a lot of resources. You've probably freaked people out. You confused people. They were like, what is this guy on? Or girl, I don't know you. Um, That's the problem. The problem, and, 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 and for those of you who wonder, you know, when we have conversations, well, I sent this ad, or I did this thing, or I used this tactic, or I used Snapchat, or Facebook, or whatever the heck it is, and it didn't work. Therefore, it does not work. To which I will say, you are... What you're really doing is you're applying the wrong logic. You're saying, because I did it the wrong time, it's a bad thing. No, you did it the wrong time. You could not get a better deal than giving somebody $100 for $20, right? You know, if, if you in your head you go, but this is a really good job. People should be applying for this job. And you don't understand, you're scratching your head, and you're wondering, why don't people apply for this job? And you're, you might wonder, well, maybe people don't like this job. Maybe people don't understand this job. Maybe, but really what it is, it's not about the offer, which is what we're talking about when we talk about a job. It's the context. The context, C-O-N-T-E-X-T, the context. That is all the stuff surrounding the thing and not the thing itself. And that's what we want to talk about today, the context, the power of context. Power Context is amazing stuff, and we ignore it all day long. Um, so 
who's watching the World Series. I'm not a baseball guy. I am, however, in Chicago. Therefore, I am rooting for the Cubs. However, tiny piece of my brain, tiny piece of my brain, the one that actually lives half a mile away from Wrigley is terrified, is terrified that one day the Cubs will win the World Series and it will be riots. It will be pandemonium. And I live real close to it. And when you buy the condo, you don't think, oh, well, gosh, it's by, by, by Wrigley. We're going to have riots every year. You go, it's been 107 years. I'm fine. I'm fine, right? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not fine this year. This is bad. This is this is terrifying. So anyway, you're watching TV. You're watching the World Series. Maybe you're watching football. Maybe you're watching Real Housewives. I don't know. Um, you know, I hear good things about, uh, well, whatever. Um, <clears throat> you're watching TV and you get a commercial. Now, let's talk about commercials for just a moment, how wonderful they are and, and how wonderful they're not. You've noticed by now as an adult that most commercials are effectively the same. They're all the same. You have 30 seconds, obviously, formats, structures, um, to get, your atten- get someone's attention and to give them a piece of information. That's all. That is all. You can't do more than that, right? The people who try to sell you a coupon, the people who try to tell you, okay, from here, what you want to do is go to Bob's Big House of Burgers and, okay, you want to go down Route 401, you want to make a right when you come to the barn, commercial's over. Um, Anything longer than 30 seconds that you want to do more than just say, I'm planting a piece of information in your brain, that's called an infomercial. And there's a reason why they're 30 minutes long. It's because it takes a while to get you to do more than just absorb a piece of information. And that's why you have to see a commercial 17 times or whatever the number is today before people go, oh, yeah, bunny, energizer. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, Oh, the frogs, the Budweiser. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, You've got to see it a million times. The problem is, is the context of the format, the format of the commercial says 30 seconds, you can only do so much. Thus, people only try to do so much. Whether it's attractive person in a revealing swimsuit of some sort, and they want you to buy a beer. Or it's famous celebrity on niche cable channel wants you to buy some sort of home good. Or celebrity chef thinks you should go to, I don't know, wherever, chain restaurant du jour. Um, they all just, that's all they're trying to do. You know, they'll use a couple of pretty words and they'll use some great video. Um, you know, I think back to when David Fincher was doing commercials, just the power of, of the subtleties of the video and the impact of driving a message home with just a couple of changes of, of direction or changes of angles of the shots, just truly wonderful stuff. But in the end, they're just trying to plant a piece of information. Now, that information is very simple. Hey, go buy this thing. Hey, be aware of this product. Hey, 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 that's a commercial, right? And the reason why, besides the 30-second issue, the reason why it's just trying to tell you, hey, is because you're not ready to do anything else. You are sitting there on the world, watching the, on the couch watching the World Series or football or Real Housewives or, I don't know, Netflix. No, there's no commercials on Netflix. Um, I don't know. You're watching TV, Right? No, you're not watching TV because you're wanting to energize your brain, because you're looking for something interesting to do, because you're, because you're uh, ready to jump up and take action. Um, you know, your commercial in between innings, get the heck out of my face. Go back, show me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of maybe the Joe Buck thing, but maybe I just want to watch the baseball. Maybe I'd like to see the seventh inning stretch more. Maybe I'd like to see the changing of the, of, of the, of the teams on the field. Maybe I want to see more of that stuff. Maybe this commercial is an interruption in my life. Beyond that, I'm not in a position to do much for it. And everybody who makes commercials knows that. That's, they know that. They know that they're not here to 
listen. They're not here to get a piece of information. You get in a cab and you get an ad. You go to an airport you're on a plane and they give you an ad. Yes, the reason they're giving you an ad is because you are strapped down and you pretty much have nothing else to look at. So they're just going to feed a message to you. Is that message very big? Is it going to tell you how to change the world? Is it going to change you? Tell you how to reinvent your business? Is it going to tell you how to make yourself happy, smarter, funny, whatever? No. Is it going to list the 17,000 uh, uh, potential problems or side effects of drug XYZ? No, it doesn't do that. It's just here to give you a pretty little message because, again, you're not here to buy. You're strapped into an airplane without any Wi-Fi. You're looking to get the heck to wherever you're trying to get to. These are all things getting in the way. Now, on some level, deciding that you are going to build your, 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 your marketing brand on whatever capacity within commercials, a thing that only serves to interrupt other people and make them annoyed, that's a tough job, which is why they got to be funny or interesting or visually exciting or filled with celebrities or anything because they're trying to distract you the fact that they're an interruption. Why am I telling you about this? That's a great question. And this is when I sip my coffee. Dramatic pause. So why am I telling you about this? Well, because it's about the power context. If they knew you were at the gym when you were watching that commercial, and what percentage of people are watching uh, um, food TV on, on, at the gym? I mean, that's just that's crazy. They should just block that channel altogether. But yet, it's a huge number of people watching, <laughs> watching food TV at the gym going, I'm going to eat that donut when I get home. Oh, man, this treadmill's horrible, but I want that donut now. Uh, maybe it's like a carrot dangling from the from a string in front of them. It's like, oh, I'm going to get that donut. I'm going to get that donut. Um, that was an aside for those of you who can't pay attention to what I do. Um, they don't know that you're in the gym. They don't know that you're home on the couch. They don't know that you're uh, at a bar watching a game. They don't know that you are in a place where you can do anything. They don't know. Now, someone who's at the gym, you should be giving them a whole slew of different messages than someone sitting on the couch at home at 9 o'clock at night. Why do you think those really bad infomercially, you know, slightly long, or the lawyer ads? Oh, I love the lawyer ads. The lawyer ads come on late night. Why? Because if you're unemployed, chances are you're watching bad TV late night. Great. That's when the lawyers get you, right? That's, that, they, they, they can at least make some guesses about the context in which you exist because it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're watching Hogan's Heroes. By the way, underrated. Love, my, love me some Hogan's Heroes. Um, but in general, prime time, they don't know that you're at the gym. They don't know you're at the bar. They don't know if you're in a hotel. They don't know if you're at home. They don't know if you're the only person in your living room or if there's 17 people in your living room. They don't know if you're living with 17 dogs or it's just you and the ant farm. They don't know. They don't know. And thus, they have no context. The power there is, well, minimal. This means the message they give you has to be very, very vague and simple because they don't know if you're at the gym panting away at the treadmill or you're at the home at home panting away at the, 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 the popcorn, right? They don't know. So they got to give you something simple. Now, that's kind of why the digital revolution, such as it is, has been really interesting because it allows marketers to say, I have a better sense of who you are and where you are and what's going on. I get a better sense of your context. I have a sense that you're on a phone in the middle of the day, and you're on Wi-Fi. Okay, all right, I can, I, mm, interesting. Hmm, I can make some guesses here. I'm not gonna be 100% right. I'm not gonna say for sure that you're absolutely at work. You could be at lunch at work, but I can guess you're probably in a work frame of mind, but you're not ready to go to bed, right? Middle of the day, at work, at Wi-Fi, I mean, and Wi-Fi used to be more powerful before everybody had their house, right? Um, but now it's hard to say. Um, 
you know, it's on a mobile, it's on a laptop, it's on, a, on an iPad, it's on a tablet, it's on a this, it's on a that. You have just been looking at the New York Times or Yahoo News. People still read that? I'm not sure. Or either of them. Um, they can make some guesses about your contacts. They can guess that you are, let's say it's 8 o'clock in the morning. You're probably at your commute or you're just starting your day. Fantastic. Good to know. No lawyer, no lawyer ads for you. You are deeply employed and ready to go and face the world. Great. I'm going to pitch you X, Y, and Z. I have a sense of your context. The problem, of course, happens is when we overstate our understanding of the context. So, for example, I had a great conversation with one of my team uh, just the other day. We're talking about ads. And we're talking about we have a very small budget to spend on ourselves, which, trust me, never happens. We have zero money to spend on ourselves. It's a cobbler's children has no shoes. I work in a marketing agency. We do not market ourselves. Um, it's, t it's, it's, it's a, a wonderful conundrum, I guess. Anyway, we got 250 bucks. I mean, you'd think we'd won the lottery. We couldn't, we could not believe how much money we now had to spend. It was amazing. And, and, and to you, you'd be like, uh, that's a rounding error, dude. You're like, yeah, 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 it is. For me, it's kind of cool. So what we talked about is, okay, we want to let people know that there's an event happening here in Chicago that we're going to be speaking at. Hey, you should show up. And we had the conversation of, okay, in the digital ad world, as many of you probably are very, 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 very aware, you can say, I have 250 bucks. Let's pretend for the sake of argument and math, because that's not my strong suit, that's a dollar a click, and that means I'm buying 250 clicks. Now, pop quiz, kids. Do you say, one, I'm going to spread that 250 clicks across three days, or tell the settings inside your ad system to say, no, burn that money. Go nuts. Spend it as fast as humanly possible. Show that ad everywhere. And if you burn through that ad in, th in those 250 clicks in three minutes, sure, great, fine. Yeah, good. Let's do that. Now, your brain is going to be telling you, oh, no, no, you got to spread that out. Spread that out. And I'm going to tell you right now, eh, careful there. <laughs> don't overstate your context or don't overstate your understanding of the context. Now, am I saying when I was talking about ads, you should burn your ads as fast as possible at 3 in the morning. No, that would be a bad idea. I can at least make some very simple guesses about context. But I can say, middle of the day, you're at work. You're thinking about work type stuff. You're thinking about maybe learning something to get better at work. Guess what? I have an event you should go see to learn about event type, about, uh, to learn about work type stuff. Um, perfect. When you spread it over three days, you have the sense of, okay, I'm spreading it over a wider audience. Are you? Are you really? Are you really? I don't think you are. Um, if you presume that there's 50% of your audience are glorious, wonderful potential prospects and 50% of your audience are bozos, and that's being gentle, um, you have to assume that in general, unless you're talking about three in the morning ads, that your bozo to genius disbursement is relatively equal. Meaning, it's like a roulette wheel. Could go black, could go red. You don't know, but it could go either way at any given time. There's a 50-50 shot every single time. And what we were talking about is if you push all those ads at the same time, you have a sense of you have a little bit of context. You can say, okay, two o'clock in the afternoon, go. Maybe we say ten o'clock in the morning. Great, go. It's it's in Chicago. It's local. I don't have to worry about time time zones. I can have a good sense of I, I live here long enough. I know that most people, you know, the audience we want doesn't get in till nine, so let's hit them at ten. Whatever. And these are all, you know, justifications and rationalities in my head, right? I know that. Or I could spread this out over three days, even within those same windows of time. Even if we said, okay, don't start showing those ads till nine and turn them off by five, but we're going to spread them out over three days, 
as equally as possible, um, that sounds like a better thing to do, right? And I'm going to tell you right now, no, it's not. In fact, it's not worse. It's just not better. So if your audience of Bose's to Genius is equally distributed, why do you get the sense that, and the argument spoken to me was, well, on one day you might have more Bozos than Geniuses. Yes, but why would you not have that same? It's, it's like roulette. You know, if you're looking at roulette and you see red came up six times in a row, you have to know in your brain, not the lizard brain, but the real brain that says, I know that the chances of, of red coming up again are 50-50. They're not less likely because red's come up a bunch of times. It's not more likely that black's going to come up because red's come up a bunch of times. It's a 50-50 shot over time. That the, the, the broad, even distribution is from a macro level that I have no control over, right? This is a micro decision and a macro understanding. That's ads right? You're saying, I'm going to spend my money. And you're right. She's 100% right. I could make a bad bet. I could bet on black after 50,000 reds and it still comes up a red. To which uh, someone might say, hey, you're being a fool. The game's rigged. It ain't 50-50. Go back and, and start betting on uh, where it's going to go. To which I would say fair point. Um, but I have no better way of knowing if it's going to be more bozos than geniuses on any given day. So thus, why should I spread it out across days? Why wouldn't I just say, look, here's when the focus, we're going to burn it. This is three days before the event. This is when I think the highest likelihood of people to say, okay, I think I should know about it. I understand it. Okay, I'm going to go do it and I have enough time to go do the thing. That's what we want to do. The thing is, is that the context, we think we overstate the content. We think we understand how that context works and we kind of don't. And I want to just make sure we are all aware enough to say, look, we don't know enough. But let's go back to the power of context that we do know. I think there's so much that we can do. And I think the digital marketers have so many opportunities to be better at context. So for example, in the same way that walking up to people with a $100 bill and say, hey, can I sell this to you for 20 bucks? Walking up to random strangers and say, hey, do you want to apply for a job is not going to work. I don't care how good a recruiter you are. It's not going to work. You're, 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 really, you're going to tell me that you can pitch that job to someone where I'm going to give you $100 for $20 didn't work? Yeah, okay, okay, great. Um, no, it's not going to work. That's why when I talk about how for most companies we're over-optimized or over-indexed on this idea of push jobs, push jobs, push jobs, that we're treating those jobs as like seeds. We're just scattering them all over in the hopes that some will take root. But digital marketer has, marketing has figured out and helped us understand that there are patches of land upon which that we're throwing those seeds is completely worthless, like on tarmac like on concrete, like in the lake. Digital marketing says, look, when I ask you to reach in and grab a big handful of seeds and you scatter them, I'm trying to get you to do it in the middle of a field where the soil's pretty good and not on a rock, not you know in the middle of the ocean where the seeds are just gonna sink to the bottom and, and rot, right? Now, I'm not saying that when I ask you to throw those seeds out in the field that a handful don't scatter off onto rocks or tarmac or water or whatever and die, but 90% of them will find have a chance of actually taking root in real soil and maybe even growing, right? Digital marketing says, yes, we oh yeah, you want to push your jobs, but you want to push it in, in places where people actually care. Those places are called job boards, for one. And that's the big one, right? You want to make sure your jobs are on job boards. If I have to tell you, you're doing a poor job. <laughs> you should know. Put your jobs on job boards. Whether it's free, whether you're paying, that's a conversation completely separate from this, but that's where jobs go. Why? Because that's where people go to look for jobs. 
No one walked up to the parking lot or in the in the office and said, "I got twenty dollars burning my hole in, hole in pocket. I hope somebody wants to sell me a hundred dollar bill." No one thought that. I can guarantee you that right now. No one thought that. And when you offered it, it freaked people out. Turn that around in job descriptions. No one said, I need to find a job. I'm going to go to Facebook. No one says, I need to find a job. I'm going to Wall Street Journal. No one says, I need to find a job. I wonder what's on TV. If they are, they're procrastinating, okay? Can we, can we at least admit those basic things? And as we talked about in the last podcast, don't let me paint Facebook with too broad a brush. We can go deep dives into when pushing a job on Facebook is actually useful. But in general, people don't go to Facebook to look for jobs. They go to look for other information like pictures of their friends, pictures of the friends' kids, cute cat memes, uh, political discussions that are incredibly civil. No, that's not right. Um, it, that's what Facebook's for. Okay, so digital marketing says if you've got a seed, where do you plant the seed? And that's a good way to think about it. You put them on job boards. You promote them on job boards. Let's take that a step further. Let's kind of look at other places. So you buy ads. You buy search engine marketing ads. Yay, good. Those are incredibly powerful. I want to point out a couple of things. First off, you know what drives me crazy about search engine marketing ads? I was tracking a package for FedEx. I don't, I'm not saying anything good or bad about FedEx, so there you go. I think I'm okay to state their brand because we all know them. We all use them, and there you go. And I went and I Googled FedEx and FedEx, of course, was the number one organic response. No one's shocked there. What was shocking was that FedEx was the number one, and by number one I mean only, paid ad. Meaning, they didn't trust that when someone typed in F-E-D-E-X, a thing that can mean only that, as far as I know. I can't think of any other acronym that spells out FedEx. The Foundation of Educational Dysmorphia um, um, Elective x-rays i mean i would know what what, what what else could i possibly mean and if there is a possibility 99.999 times out of 100 i mean i need a package right on some capacity so google uncle goo uncle g the big g the goog knows this and so when i type in f-e-d-e-x it says here's fedex.com as if typing.com was too hard uh-huh, thanks. I don't need your judgmental stuff there, Google. Um, so it delivers it right up organically. It's like, yeah, this is what you want. I'm helping you. Here's what you want. And it's right. It's going to be right a million times out of a million, pretty much. So why would you buy an ad there? You know who buys an ad there? UPS. DHL to say, okay, maybe you're looking for tracking and you have got that you know how uh, uh, people don't say, I'm going to go make a photocopy, I'm going to make a Xerox? Maybe you've got that thing. I don't need a, um, a, a disposable bandage, I need a Band-Aid. I don't need a, a, um, a cotton swab, I need a Q-tip, you know, where they apply a brand to a product idea. Maybe they thought, I need some FedEx. Maybe I need some shipping, right? Maybe. And that's a stretch. I mean a stretch. Fine. But why on earth is FedEx buying an ad? Now, granted, FedEx only pays for that ad when I click on it. But since statistics show that huge swaths of people, huge swaths of very smart, savvy people still don't quite get the difference between an ad and organic, well, click on it. And so FedEx is probably paying a quarter or a click for nothing. That makes me crazy. I don't get that. 
the Google is so good at this. If you type in FedEx and you get to FedEx, not only do you get FedEx in the organic, you get here's a link to tracking, here's a link to how to ship, here's a link to local locations. I mean, it's giving, it's trying to get you four clicks into the thing you want. It's like a butler trying to give you exactly the thing. It's anticipating your needs. That is, it almost understands your context. Ha ha ha. It's giving it to you. Why on earth would you pay for an ad to drive them to the homepage to make people search again, to ask people to click more? Boggles the mind. Anywho, Google AdWords, despite that little rant, is incredibly powerful because it does one thing. It says, I can figure out some context around you, the user, searcher, the potential customer, based on what you're searching. Meaning, I know that when you're searching, yes, you may be on your couch, but your brain's a little more engaged than if you're watching Mork and Mindy, right? right? You're, you're actively searching for something. You're doing something. It's, you're leaning in a little bit more than you're leaning back. For those of you who don't get that, um, you'll notice that when you watch TV or a movie, you're, the, the seats, the couches are all designed to get you to lean back and chill. Your heart rate drops. Uh, parts of your brain kind of shut off and go, do, 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 meow, 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 right? You go full on Homer Simpson brain. When you're searching for something or on the computer, your office chair, your chair at your home that you do most of your work is there to help you lean forward. You're active, you're thinking, you're engaged, you're looking, you're searching, you're doing all those action verby type things, okay? So let's say even if you are searching on the couch, you are, your brain's a little more engaged than, you know, again, just watching TV. Not that watching TV isn't wonderful, but there, it's different. So it knows that when you search, how do I ship a package or how do you make tacos or who was in that movie with Steve Buscemi that one time? It knows you're looking for something. You're looking for an answer because every time you type in Google, you're always looking for an answer, right? With the exception of that time someone says, hey, if you type in do a, do a barrel roll into Google, see what happens. That's not searching for an answer. You're just looking to be entertained. But that's, you know, that's an edge case at best. I mean, really an edge case. Mostly people show up to Google to get an answer. And what they search on should give you a sense of what kind of situation they're in. So if they say, how, you know, if you type in um, best price on fire extinguisher, they are searching for information about how to buy a fire extinguisher inexpensively for their house. If they type in how to stop a grease fire, a um, little different, little different. Maybe their house is about to be on fire. One has a sense of urgency that the other doesn't, right? That's the context of the words being used. You can guess and make some guesses based on that context. More importantly, the way you need to think about Google AdWords, here's a little tip from, from me. The way you need to think about Google AdWords is that it needs to be very direct, meaning it needs to be a clear connection between, I have this problem, I'm searching for this solution, I have, here is the solution. That is the world in which Google AdWords shines. That is their use case. That is exactly right. You know where Google AdWords doesn't do so well? Brand marketing. It just doesn't make sense, i.e. the FedEx ad. If you typed in, how do I ship a package to Topeka, I want a FedEx ad. I expect a FedEx ad and a UPS and a DHL and maybe even a USPS ad if uh, the, these guys, you know, those guys are you know, on their game. I get that. They understand I have a problem. I'm in Chicago. It knows that. It knows I'm trying to ship a package to, to Topeka. Okay. They do those things. Okay. Um, provide an answer. Here's the answer. Now I can choose what to do. If I'm just looking for a brand, and if I'm looking for a brand, I'm in a very different m frame of mind, Google AdWords doesn't do so well. So all advertising breaks into two very basic models. That is direct marketing and brand marketing. 
And direct marketing is Google AdWords. It is the piece of email that you get that aren't complete and total spam that say, we, ha we know you do X, Y, and Z. We know you do this for a living. We think we can help you do that thing. Here, let me help you solve this problem. Okay, direct ads. The, 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 the flyer you get saying, we have Chinese food is actually direct advertising. It's assuming you're hungry, uh, assuming you like Chinese food. Here, we have Chinese food. Chances are you don't care what the name of the brand of the Chinese food is. You don't know where it comes from. I mean, you know, they're all, you know, Chinese food, uh, Chinese restaurants have generally 80% the same kind of names. Um, and here in Chicago, especially, I literally have to go, okay, which of the four Chinese restaurants do we like is the one I want to go to now? Because they all kind of morph because I don't have that kind of palate. So you want to focus on direct advertising. It's not about brand. And by brand, I mean Coke. By brand, I mean GM. By brand, I mean Apple, right? I want to know what Apple's new product is. Why? Because Apple made it. I'm interested. I want, conversely, I want to know what Android's new product is because Google made it. That's interesting, right? I have a brand affiliation. I have a brand affinity for that, right? If when Google um, rolled out OnHub, OnHub, yeah, I think it's OnHub, um, their new their wire their router about a year ago, kind of cool. In no way was I looking for a router. I mean, in no way was I in the market for a router. I had literally bought one three months earlier, and I'm good. And I'm not paying another hundred and whatever it is for another one. I just bought one. I'm good. But I still read all the articles about it because it was interesting because it was Google because there was a brand affiliation, right? If you like Coke instead of Pepsi and, okay, I'll say it. You're wrong. Pepsi's better than Coke. Moving on. Yeah, I know. Let's start a fight for no reason. Um, you have an affinity for that brand. You love the polar bears. You love whoever's advertising the commercials, whatever. You like the brand. Now, you know how you do brand advertising? Commercials on the Super Bowl, billboards, things that have a mass appeal, broad range, because they're not asking you to do anything. The polar bears and the Coke ad are not asking you to do anything. They're asking you to just feel good about Coke. That's it. And you know what commercials are good at? That. <laughs> That's it, as we started with. So there is a difference between direct advertising and brand advertising. Now, some of you work for a company with a huge, massive brand. Good for you. Congratulations, I guess. I mean, sure. You're, I mean, you know, I'm, let's go back to Google because I love to pick on Google because I love them. Um, you know, hey, everybody wants to work for Google. It's the number one most desired or maybe number one, number two, depending on which survey you're looking at. Most desired employer, blah, 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 blah. Everybody knows they got the M&Ms and the great coffee and the free lunches and the perks and the perks and the perks and the massage rooms and all that good stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So everybody knows you want to work there. Doing what, pray tell? Do you code? Do you code at the level of the Googlers? Because those are some high-level coders there. They know what they're doing. They're good, smart people. Um, whether they're being evil today or not, let's go ahead and leave that to, uh, you know, to another conversation. But they're good people. They're trying to do good, smart work. These are people who are at the top of their game. If you are not... I don't think they're calling you at the moment. Maybe you're a salesperson. Again, you should be at the top of your game. That's who Google looks for. If they have that kind of brand identity, they can pick the best. They have a bajillion people applying. Now, good for them. That's probably not you. You probably work for a company that you know and your mom knows and your dad knows and your parents, you know, your friends know and your employees know and their parents know, but mm, maybe not so much more than that. You're famous to your customers. Which is great, but that's not always a huge overlap between the people you hire and your customers. 
Good coffee today. Um, I forgot where I was going. Gosh, the coffee was that good. Um, yeah, so you don't have a brand that you can stand on and just put an ad, uh, put a billboard out, you know. And every time I love going to San Francisco, I can usually get there about once a year because I love seeing a billboard. Hey, we have jobs at whatever huge, massive internet company, and I just go. It just boggles the mind because you just don't see that anywhere else. <laughs> and I tell people about that, like they do what? I'm like, yeah, they do. It's such a hard place to hire programmers that they put ads up on billboards. Um, it's it's hilarious. Most people don't, you know, if you're not there, you don't get it. And but when you're there, you, it just boggles the mind. I will also point out, as an aside, I was driving through San Francisco last year, and I heard an ad for drone driver pilot school, and I went, "What novel am I in?" That's just crazy. San Francisco is amazing and weird and insane. And anywho, so if you don't have a brand like the Big G or Coke or Apple, you have to rely on something a little more direct, which is why you spend your time doing posting jobs because that is the most direct of all things. The problem is, again, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, context. You're putting them in the wrong spot, which is why giving people jobs, you happens at the top, the very top, and the very bottom of the funnel for different audiences, right? You say, and by the way, I mentioned the funnel. I get a prize. That's three for three. Um, three at podcast, three mentions of the funnel. If you're at the very, very top of the funnel, people who are unaware that you have jobs but are looking for jobs, guess what? They're at job boards. Show them a job. That's exactly what you want to do. But that's table stakes. You understand that everybody's doing that. And it's really hard to differentiate yourself or really kind of attract the right people just doing that. What you have to do is hope that either one, these are people who are going to research and you have a chance to, to, to influence them and persuade them and have them take a particular type of action that you want them to take, which, by the way, is the definition of marketing. Um, or you got to go a different route. Okay, What you can do is go find people who are the right kinds of people who aren't looking for a job. And if you give them a job, they will ignore you. I think of the recruiters who ping me and say, hey um, – do you want this part-time um, Lotus Notes job in North Carolina? To which I say, no, no, I do not. None of that is appealing. I left North Carolina quite some time ago. I'm a Chicagoan now. Nothing wrong with North Carolina. I'm just here now. Also, people still use Lotus Notes. I know I haven't touched it in 12 years. 12, oh my God, 16 years. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at my title. Tell me if I want a part-time job. You've nailed it on the head. Good job. Good research. Anywho, that's the problem is that I get horrible pitches for jobs that I will never, ever, ever want, that they're not even remotely interesting because they were spammed out at me via LinkedIn uh, recruiter tools that just said, oh, he's got the word Lotus in his description, in his um, a, a, a former uh, job experience thing from a bajillion years ago. Fine, shoot him an email. It didn't cost me nothing. And of course, LinkedIn's doing a pretty good job trying to lower that as much as they can and cracking down on that kind of spam. But still, I wasn't looking for a job. Why did you pitch me a job? I wasn't looking for it to make a financial transaction. Why would you try to sell me a $100 bill for $20? Wrong context, which is why I love content. I love it because it allows you to talk to people who are not in the mood. If instead of offering that person on the parking lot a $100 bill for $20, what if you said, look, can I tell you a crazy story? Hey, there's something just happened. I have to tell somebody. Can I tell you? Congratulations, you've built a connection, maybe even a little bit of rapport. And then you tell a story about how what you have to do that your, your dying grandparent 
said, you had a, gave you a $100 bill and said, look, this is a crazy experiment, but I want to teach you a lesson in life. What I need for you to do is this. I need you to sell this, and I need you to sell it for 20 bucks. And it's just, you don't have to make money, and I'm going to get inheritance. It's not a big deal, and I don't care that I'm losing money here, but I just need to do this for my dead grandparent, blah, 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 blah. You know what? You might sell it. You have a far better shot of selling it then than if you do walking up to somebody and say, hey, you want to buy a $100 bill for 20 bucks? Content provides context. I'll say that again because I think that's pithy. Content provides context. It doesn't provide all of it, but it provides a lot. And in places where you don't know what the context is, it lets people filter in and say, oh, yeah, I want to hear this story. Now, if, the, if you had tried to tell the grandparent story to somebody um, and they said, you know, I'm, I'm good, you walk away, okay, it's not a perfect thing, but maybe the next it will work on the next one. You have a far higher likelihood of that working when you provide some context or if you know the context. If instead of going to a parking lot, you went to a friend, you went to a neighbor, someone who kind of sort of knows that you're not whacked down on your head on whatever the heck, uh, if you had gone to a bank, if you had made a very simple transaction in a place where financial tra transactions happen, would have worked, your head would have spun. It would happen so fast, you wouldn't have even noticed what happened. There'd be a $100 bill, or $100 bill shaped hole in your hand and there'd be a $20 bill filling it. You wouldn't even notice it. That's the context. That's the power of context. So I've rambled a bit here. Um, so how do I want to close this? I want to make you sure, sure you understand and you think of what is the context upon which my ad, and ad I'm using the term as loosely as humanly possible, meaning any kind of message whatsoever to prospects who are already in love with you, or maybe and even those who are, um, what is the context in which they live? So for example, let's say you have uh, one of those really whiz-bang career sites where they're collecting um, leads, that is, people who are interested in jobs but the job doesn't exist right now, or they just want to be alerted when new jobs happen, or they want to join some sort of pool or community or whatever word we're using for that stuff today. Guess what? Context. What is that context? They know you. They're your neighbor now. You don't have to quite pitch them so hard to give them an offer. If you are, if I'm on a career site and I'm looking for a job and they don't have the job and I say, yeah, alert me when there's a new director or VP of blah, 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 blah job, you know I want that. You know I've raised my hand and say, if you ever have a $100 bill and you want to sell it for 20, I'm your man. Bring it to me. Great. Do that thing. You can also give them content, but I mean, you've established that the context is I'm asking for job alerts. Give me job alerts. That's what I want. That's what I'm signed up for. That is quite literally what I've signed up for. Okay. So just understand the context of the audience to which you're speaking. Understand where their heads are at, what they've seen before, where they're looking for, what they're looking for next, where they came from, where they're going. All that stuff is context, and it provides so much key information as to what you should be giving them, right? <laughs> to quote uh, Jay Bear, B-A-E-R, uh, B yeah, B-A-E-R, um, it's utility. And by utility, I mean Y-O-U, you. It's about what value can we give you, and remember that you in there is your prospect. Your, your job is actually to give your prospects value on some level. And sometimes that value they want is they want a job so they can hit apply and do the thing. Good. Give it to them. I'm not saying not to. Give it to them. But most, many times, maybe most times, maybe not, many times what they want is information or content or a story or to be entertained or inspired or informed or something. Give that to them then. Don't give them a job opportunity. Don't give them a job rack. Don't give them an apply now button. That's not what they want. We are in such a hurry to get them to apply, to hit the apply button and hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, that we try and skip steps 
and that leads to failure. And then we wonder why doesn't the tactic work? It's because of context, right? All right. Well, that's my show for this week. I hope you had a good time. Uh, my name, as always, is James Ellis. Uh, this is the Talent Cast. Please tell your friends. Please review us. Please say nice things about us. Please share. If you have questions, want to argue with me, uh, want to tell me how I sound like an idiot, and I'm that's all op- on option on the table. Uh, Twitter me, uh, the War for Talent at the War for Talent. That's where to find me, or just go to thetalentcast.com to find all sorts of other ways to contact me. Though Twitter probably your best bet. Um, I'm hoping the next session we'll have our first interview guest. I'm looking forward to it. I'm crossing my fingers it's all going to work out, but I'm not going to tell you who it is just yet, but you will be thrilled when it happens. So uh, otherwise, like I said, have any questions, you want me to answer questions on this uh, show, would love to do that. Just shoot them to me, talk to me via Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks very much, and thanks for listening. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.